What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This Haberman Middlecoff segment is brought to you by sleepnumber.com slash ham and simplysafe.com slash ham and DraftKings promo code ham and expressvpn.com slash ham and mybookie.ag promo code ham1. Mybookie.ag promo code ham1. 54 and a half is the over-under. All right, so that'd be like, so mathematically 28 26 is a 54 point total would be half point the under 30 30 25 hits it's really like once you start doing some of the numbers like well you kind of it's it's a solid number right because there have been some numbers in the low scoring game where they get into like the thursday night games as the season goes on sometimes hit around that 39 and then a lot of times they know it'll be like seven to three in the fourth quarter it's like they were on it and you're like how they 30 to 29 or you know 39 all it takes is 25 to 20 and you're way past it and you realize you don't even sniff that in this what makes it tough is like well if the Chiefs were playing just a random good team you'd be like it's going to be high scoring that's the way they play you just go well the Niners they held the Vikings who we're critical of Kirk Cousins, but there's no disputing. I saw Diggs walking around, elite player. Thielen, elite player. They had a ton of guys. They, they scored 10 points, and really the one touchdown was off the guy that we opened up the show about getting benched. And the Packers, they scored 20 points, but did they really score 20 points? I mean, it was fucking like 35-3. to three. The game felt over. And then they hit a couple deep touchdowns where it was kind of – it's weird to say this in an NFC Championship game, but to me garbage time started in the third quarter in that game. So, like, if it had been tight, like if the Niners had only had 14 points on the board, would the final score have been 14-3? to three? Not, you know, they, they were not going to score touchdowns. They were there to kick it. They don't allow touchdowns when they are trying to not allow touchdowns, except when earlier in the season when they were missing guys. And that's why this team in the playoffs is the team that was, for the first eight or nine weeks, clearly the eye test. I know at one point in time it was like, well, the Patriots, slower scoring defense, and you watch the Patriots, you're like, yeah, they're fucking playing – who knows who from the Miami Dolphins and the the Jets. Didn't they play the Jets with Luke Falk? And Gase was basically like, I just want to quit. <laughs> Remember, it was like, Adam. Gase are, didn't let him take any snaps. He was like, Adam, are, are you throwing the game? 
So, I, and I think as the year played out, I don't want to take it. The Patriots' defense was really good, but I, I think most people in NFL circles would say this Niners' defense this season was the best defense in the league, right? If we just poll like GMs and coaches, it was. It's more dynamic than the Patriots. But you could counter me and go, well, Middlecoff. Once they started playing good teams, they started letting more points, and that's where I get back to. Well, they were missing a lot of guys, key guys. D Ford, they gave the guy forty million dollars in a second round pick for him. Kwaski Tart is a really good player. Uh, Quan Alexander is just the combination of those two guys make the Niners D unstoppable. And, and Sherman missed a game. I'm trying to think what game did he miss? Was it the Saints game? He missed. Uh, he definitely missed a game in there against a good team. Who got? Was it Quan got hurt? I think it was the Saints at game. At the beginning of the Saints game, or did they both miss the Saints game? Quan got hurt. missed the Saints game? Uh, yeah. He, uh, he hurt his hamstring in the Saints game or the Ravens yeah. game. One of those two games. I think it was the Saints Sherman, game. I, that, no, that was the Saints game. Sherman had seven tackles in the Saints game. Sherman got a stinger in one of those games. The Ravens game, but that was before the Saints game. Was it against the Rams that he missed? Did he miss a game or am I? did he not miss a game? No, you're not crazy. You're, you, uh, I thought he pulled a hamstring against somebody. He did. He did. Was, was it was it against the Rams? Mm. Oh, do you know who it was? It was against the Falcons. And remember Julio Falcons and, game. and Julio went like fourteen for one fifty and the game winner. And remember that was a point of conversation. Well, the game they had nothing against Julio. He he was like an NBA player that game. It was the Falcons game. But he played the next week against the Rams. Yeah, he got hurt he got hurt against the Saints, hurt the hammy, and then didn't play the next week against the Falcons. Didn't play against Julio. Gotcha. Mm. Kind of okay. crazy. They won the Saints game, then they lost the Falcons game. Am I in the right order? Yes. Yeah. Sure feels like a long time yeah. ago. So, I mean, look, man, like, I I struggle because it feels pretty fundamental that people just – it's easy to think that the over is what would happen in a Super Bowl. Last year, the total was 58. Uh, did not hit, John. The final score was 13-3. to three. Easy to forget. The Rams didn't even get a touchdown. Is that embarrassing? Did not score a t- yes. It is actually. I know it was Belichick, but God, not like the Patriots um, are great either. I mean, it's thirteen points is not many. That's a bad game. I mean, that was a boring Super Bowl. <laughs> the year before, forty-one thirty-three was the final score. Big Dick Nick. Eagles Patriots. That's, that game was th- uh, the year would, before that. Would you agree that game feels like the most fun game in the last decade? It's uh, <laughs> yeah, because Patriots Falcons. Was sucked. The, the final score, you're like overtime, thirty four twenty eight. Was not a good like, game. Yeah, it was a crazy comeback, but it was Broncos Panthers, meh. Patriots Seahawks was great. Seahawks Broncos, meh. Niners Ravens got good. Yeah, to me, I the Niners Ravens and C and C and uh, and Atlanta Patriots look better on paper than they did to the eyes. I you're, agree. You're right. The Patriots Seattle game that was sweet. I'd say Patriots Seattle. And Big Dick Nick against those guys felt sweet. Because all of a sudden it was like, is Big Dick Nick going to win the Super Bowl? Because it, it, right away, about through halftime, you're like, the Eagles are for real. This is – they might win. That, that to me, what was cool about that. Like, Nick – you just kept saying in your head, Nick Foles is going to win the Super Bowl. Nick Foles is going to beat Brady. Nick Foles is going to be yeah. – and then they – both of them ran a couple trick plays. To me, that adds to it. It's like, oh, is it a kitchen sink game? Remember, they run the trick play to Brady and they overthrew him. And then they hit Nick a little bit later on the on the Philly special, and it was like I get two trick plays, 
Just remember, Tom was wide open right when he threw it. You're like, oh, my God, Tom's going to go for like 30 or 40 yards. And he just laid – and that's – it's not like Tom's a midget. You know, that, they overthrew him pretty good. Now the Seattle ending, that's an all-timer. I, I remember my heart dropping. That's all I want, guy, is a game like Big Dick Nick or Seattle. I don't want an Atlanta. I don't want – Oh, that's all? I, well, I, but I just mean I want that type where it's just a high-level game. It, the, I don't, I'm not asking for Malcolm Butler play. I just don't like – because when you have an Atlanta moment, remember part of the Big Dick Nick game was Malcolm Butler didn't play, and that, that felt like that story lasted for, like, months. Like, I, I just those, – th- those type stories now in just general wear me out. Like, it should have given it to Marshawn. I mean, we talked about that for a year. It's like, can, I, do you know the great part about, like, Big Dick Nick just won the Super Bowl? In Philly, they didn't care about Malcolm Butler. <laughs> but last year – there just wasn't much to talk about, so we just like, oh, that was boring. It really was more like, what's up with the Rams? Like, were the Rams? Like, what was their deal? And then this year was kind of weird. And now it's just their conversation is kind of like Todd Gurley. That's, that's, I guess, what I want to avoid, an off season where, like, a big-picture thing happens and you go, what are they going to do? Like, that just, it just wears me out, man. Yeah. I, um, so the only thing that holds me back is feeling like it's the obvious, but I think this is going to be a higher scoring game. Now, I know both teams are good at right. Spagnolo has done a pretty good job with the Chiefs defense. Obviously, the Niners defense is really good. Would you say Spagnolo was in charge of the greatest defensive performance of the modern era? Beating the 07 Patriots? Remember that? I mean, they didn't just beat them, they kind of like kicked their ass all over Brady. They couldn't score. He's been doing the same thing for a long time, really. Well, that's where I think conventional but, but wisdom around the Super Bowl, just the talk is like good defense always yeah. beats good offense in these type games. Just look at the history of the last 25, 30 years. I know, but here, here's the problem is that we're talking about a dominant 49ers run game and a generational talent on the other side of quarterback. Right? I mean, we're talking about a run game that just had a dude break off 200-plus and four touchdowns. And a Chiefs, like what terrifies me from a Niners perspective, in my, just for my personal list, the David Tyree catch is the greatest Super Bowl play I've ever witnessed. Okay, just for me, I'm not, it doesn't have to be. I'm not saying it's number one on the list, but it, like, what gets for, not forgotten. But to me, the crazy part of that, I I remember watching that play and thinking Eli is about to get sacked. Well, they could, you they, know, they, they could have blown, the, they could have blown the whistle, right? You know how you're watching – yeah, they could have. You know how you're watching a play and you start to look away because you're like, the play is ending and then it's not over? Thankfully, I didn't look away. But, I, like, Patrick Mahomes can make plays like that. So, I just think – like, I watched this team. They had to play in a game like that against New Orleans. Now, is this going to be the New Orleans game? No, I don't think it's that. But If I'm going to gamble on the over-under, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, I would take the under because I wouldn't be able to sleep with myself. I know. Or excuse me. I would take the over. Be, oh, be, okay. be just because, like, if these quarterbacks get hot and the offensive coordinator – to me, it's a double whammy. It's like they got the hell horses on both sides that all these guys can score touchdowns. The Chiefs can do at historic rates. The Niners, when they're humming, they got so many weapons that they can put up points. And then the op- both these two teams have elite play callers. So you combine those two things. Right, 
It's just if they both get into a rhythm, it almost to me turns into a basketball game where they famously say, right, good offense, it's the one sport where good offense just beats good defense. I do think the great play callers, especially in 2020, the way the rules are, like you can just scheme stuff to your advantage. And they can't – it's not – back when Seattle beat uh, Denver – because it, it comes up a lot this week, I think. Well, that, that was a little similar. I do think there are a couple big differences, Guy. One major difference, Peyton couldn't move, kind of like Tom. So if you can rush him, he's kind of fucked. Patrick, everyone watches him all the time. He's always, like, how many of his plays are, like, in the pocket, bang, bang, boom. A lot of it's like, screw this, I'm going to roll out here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little 360 here. He's got a little Russell Wilson in his game. Now, the Niners rushers are elite, but... To think that he can't keep plays alive. Look what he did against the Titans. He did a couple times rolling out and making plays. Same with the Texans game. I I think that's a strength of his against pass rush, kind of the innate pocket feel Russell Wilson style. Not just Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, kick your fucking ass inside the pocket because they can't run away. Patrick kind of goes, I got good footwork in here, but there's Bosa. I'm going to go this way. That's where I think that like this game changes. Plus, you know, like the Warriors, whenever they when they were in their mastery of kicking everyone's ass, broken plays, you were so screwed with them because their guys knew exactly where to pop out to the three-point line. Like, Clay's the master at it, just like a float back, Steph too. Yeah, offensive rebound. Kevin, Kevin learned it too, and I think Kevin's always done this naturally. And all of a sudden, it's like broken play, boom, back out to the three, wide open, swish. Don't you think the Chiefs wide receivers are just like, they know when they see him move, like which way he wants them to go? There was a clip that went viral. It might have been against the Texans. That was a game I think Kelsey had three touchdowns. When Travis, they get to the sideline, and Travis goes, how'd you know I was going to turn back left? And Mahomes like, I just knew. And Travis like, what? And it was like a crazy little flick, and like Travis had to catch almost on the ground. And he, he like turned last second. And I think Mahomes just knows these guys really well. And that, to me, like the broken plays, do not benefit the Niners. Just... It wouldn't benefit anyone unless you had Rod Woodson and Dion, just because the speed they have, guy. The speed, and the speed. They're hard enough to stay. Speed. But John, yeah. So that's a good point. It's why when I think about why I think it would hit the over, because I think the 49ers have to score to win this game. Because I just think those guys, even before the play is broken, are really hard to cover. I just think the Chiefs will be able to score. You agree? If it and gets, I think the Niners will have to score. With if it them. gets both in the thirties. You feel less confident about like if you tell me this game's in the low twenties, you're like the Niners are going to win. If you tell me this game's in the thirties, yeah. that's going to benefit. That's how the Chiefs want to play. It's like okay, okay, right. Houston, you want to shoot unlimited threes? We're going to beat you. We do this better than you. Like you can play the percentages, whatever. Our percentages are higher. If Chiefs okay, you want to go in the high thirties? That's where we feel the most comfortable. You know, I think the part about Patrick Mahomes that you described that makes him so crazy dangerous. I heard Tyreek Hill do an interview, and they were asking him, like, what, you know, just what's it like to play with Mahomes? Is that when he made fun of his voice? Uh, no, I did not hear he that. He did, like, a frog voice, like, what he screams when he gets in the huddle. Was it pretty good? No, not really. I gotta, I gotta find it that. It wasn't very good. Oh, okay. It sounded like a frog, but No, but he Mahomes. said, he's like, um, he's like, you know, when there's a scramble drill, he's like, you can just be wherever you are. Like, it doesn't matter, because he can make every throw on the field. It's like it makes our job so easy. I don't have to, like, when he starts running right, I don't have to, like, start breaking back right. I just, wherever I am, he can get the ball to me. And it's really, when you think of it in simple terms, think about all the times you hear about, like, we got to cut the field in half. You go this way. 
the f- as much space as out there is what's available to Patrick Mahomes. As deep as you get, he'll throw it to you. As weird as your angle is on the other side of the field, he'll throw it to you. It doesn't matter. Wherever the defense is, just be open. Like, a lot of guys are limited. You can't just be open anywhere. The quarterback still has to be able to get it to you. So if he's rolling right and you're 40 yards on the other side of the field, yeah, you're open, no one's around you, but he can't get you the ball. Well, Mahomes, he can get you the ball. He's like Bonds. Like, there's no place anywhere near the strike zone you can throw the baseball where he doesn't hit it. Like, that's what... That's what makes him so great, I think, and it's what makes him so terrifying. You know, the one thing cool is ever there's no there's nowhere safe. Every person you run into, and again, like I said, I've talked to maybe I'm underselling a little bit, like six or seven people. Well, I know I listed seven people that you told me. People are really excited for this game. It's not like, well, this team doesn't deserve to be here. Ah, this this is a ten point line. It feels like this is a heavyweight fight. Any both teams can legitimate win, legitimately win. Both teams could beat anybody in the league. And it's just it feels like a big time Super Bowl, you know. I, I think going back, like did last year feel like a Super Bowl? It kind of did, but it was like, are the Rams, you know, you know, with Gurley not being the same, they didn't feel like the same. The year before, it was just, can Big Dick Nick really win the Super Bowl? And it turns out they could once the game started. But I think the last like high level team, high level team, because even the Patriot team that ended up coming back on the Falcons to me, wasn't as good as the next couple years' teams. But, and definitely not last, last year's team was really good. I think that the Seattle-New England game was like, these are two heavyweight fighters. And I also think it's different. I, I guess this is unfair because the Niners are new. Because you could say that Atlanta team was really good. Weren't they 14-2 and two or 15-1? and one? Like, they were, they were a dominant start-to-finish squad. But sometimes when you have, like, the like the Atlanta team or that one Panthers team that played the Broncos that had been around for a while. It was like, is this just the flash in the pan? I think that's what's cool about the Niners. Because of their coach, they don't feel like a flash in the pan, right? They just – yeah. like Jimmy didn't really have a career year. I mean, you talk to the casual guy, they just think Jimmy might be just okay. So in a couple years, he should be dramatically better. And they don't – it's not like they need to pay him. He's already been paid – at a relatively no, low number next to the you know other top quarterbacks. So th- they should be good for a while. So should the Chiefs. Like I, I don't think it's insane to say this. It's difficult for this to happen, clearly. But who's to say this couldn't be the matchup next year? Like We've talked about the favorites. Both these two teams are going to be prohibitive, you know, viewed as top Super Bowl-like teams. Going right. into the, you know, unless one of the quarterbacks has a major injury in this game. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But otherwise, I don't see how that's not possible, you know, because all these guys are under contract coming back. I guess the Niners could do something weird, right? Like franchise and trade Eric Armstead, where you're like, uh, oh, did they upgrade or did they move money around? That they, they would probably, like the Chiefs, but, like who on the Chiefs not coming back? Yeah, I mean, they will just. Uh, it, they'll they are on they will be on the top tier next year of the teams that you think can win the Super Bowl. Whatever that list. Looks and if you're like. the Niners and we got the next couple months to talk about this after the game, what scenario does Eric Armstead not at least come back for one year when he's been this good and you're trying to make a run and your quarterback's under contract? Why wouldn't you put all your chips in the middle of the table and try to win a couple or get back? Right. Yeah, unless you're doing some Khalil Mack trade. But who are they going to get that's like better than him? It's cheap, you know. Well, I'm just saying, would you do if someone offered you? I mean, you're not getting the Khalil Mack offer, right? But like, who's Khalil Mack? Oh, you're oh, you're saying like 
trade him for I'm a one. I'm saying if you're Eric Armstead, yeah. Would you trade Eric Armstead for a first-round pick? So you have two first-round picks. Yeah, then I'd think. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, guy, that you might. But I, if you told me this, they were offered who was a team just in the AFC. So let's say the Packers or the Titans offered their first-round pick, you know, 28 or 29, or 29 and 30 for Eric Armstead. I, I, if you told me they turned that down to keep him for a year under the franchise tag, I would say that's not that crazy. I would agree. You know? I would agree, based on where that pick is. Yeah. I think. And if you're drafting at 13, you're not trading him that pick. Yeah, and I also think, like, I think, like, Seattle in a vacuum would want a guy like him, but you wouldn't trade him to Seattle, right? Unless it was they offered you two first-round picks, then you do it, but, like, just for their one, are you going to help them out? Do you do that? I get it's. Do you, I don't think you trade him to Seattle, right? You couldn't do that. No, I no no no. I think you would do. Seattle traded him to the AFC. The Raiders traded. Well, here's one their guy to the AFC. I, like if you let him walk, I think Seattle would be a team being all over him. You know, so it's like a team in your division would want this guy. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.